0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason.
1: And my name is Todd Ixenbaugh. We have a great episode for you You cut today. me off! I have to say a.k.a. the Todd Father,
0: <laughs> Jerk! Regardless of how we got started, we have a great episode for you today. Today we are talking with Laura Vanderkamp. Don't say camp! Laura is the author of several time management and productivity books, including the recently, as of today, released Off the Clock. I Know How She Does It, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast and 168 Hours. Her work has appeared in publications, including The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Fortune. Pretty much she's been in like every big deal magazine out there. She is also the co-host with Sarah Hart Unger of the podcast, Beth Best of both worlds. She lives outside of Philadelphia with her husband and four children and blogs at Lauravandercam.com.
1: I she wrecked my life.
0: That's a lot of stuff right there.
1: That's a lot of stuff. And you know what? Caleb's getting better at not making those sound like he's reading them, even though he's still reading
0: them. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And we are really excited for this episode because we are going to learn some of Laura's time management secrets.
1: And it was it's rough for me to listen to this because I am a two on the Enneagram. Which means that I have problems with boundaries. And so one of my boundaries is time management. So this was really helpful for me um, to, to listen to it. I got a lot of takeaways. So I'm going to save those for the end. Um, but just know that it was it's awesome. It's and you're going to awesome. want to listen to it. But before that, Caleb, what is your Learner's Corner approved? Resource of the week.
0: So my resource of the week is a podcast. But. Shocker. It is. I haven't recommended the podcast in a long time. This podcast is, it's a series. So there is an end to it. And so the podcast is called Hinge, And it is a 10-part podcast series about an atheist and a Christian. I think, um, I can't remember if the guy is a pastor or not. He at least used to be a pastor. And they dialogue about all sorts of different faith, um, different aspects of faith. You know, Did Jesus rise from the dead? Miracles. Can, can um, the reliability of the Bible be trusted? And so it's a really fascinating um, just, just subject. And I think it gives a great example of how to have good dialogue across um, two people who may not necessarily agree about everything, but still having healthy dialogue.
1: So when you guys wonder what Caleb does at 5 o'clock in the morning, that's what he does. This has been your Learner's Corner approved resource of the week.
0: So we have a great interview that we're going to talk with Laura Vanderkam about her new book, Off the Clock, and some of her time management secrets. Yes, I said that wrong.
1: He said secrets. (laughs) That's okay.
0: Without further ado, here's our interview with her. Well, Laura, we're so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Thank you for having me. You know, just as uh, we get started, you know, what made you want to write this book off the clock?
2: Well, I've written a lot about time management, and and there's lots of different angles to explore with time management. Um, But I've been curious about this idea of why some people feel more relaxed about their time than others. Um, We all know these these busy people who seem remarkably calm about everything that's going on in their lives. And so uh, I wanted to explore what are their secrets and what can the rest of us learn from them.
1: So you say that people should spend more time on things that matter and less on the things that don't. Why does this matter to you so much and how did you land on this idea as being an important one?
2: Well, I think that, um, I mean, in general, people are happier when when they're spending their time on things that that matter to them. Um, So I think it should be important for for all of us. Um, But, you know, I I think that um, it, it mattered to me personally because... I'm trying to live uh, the best life I can. I mean, we only have so much time. I think time is in some ways more abundant than we think it is, but it's also still very precious. And so we want to be mindful of it. The crazy thing about time is that it keeps passing whether we think about how we are spending it or not. Um, And so it is very easy to spend it mindlessly. Uh, and, and taking just a little bit of time to think about where the time really goes and where we would like it to go, um, vastly increases the chances that we do cool things with it.
1: So is there, so one of the things I guess that I thought of when you said that is what, what would be your definition of mindless time wasting or, 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 or I've, I've heard it said also passive time management. Passive time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's not necessarily always the obvious stuff, like, you know, spending hours surfing the web when you didn't really mean to, although that is certainly a common uh, issue. In a fun
1: way, might a I fun way.
2: Yes, it, it happens to the best of us. Uh, you can fall down these Internet rabbit holes that consume far more time than you imagine. But I think any time we're not sort of thinking about um, – what's important to us and and what where the time should go. So if you consider just an average work day where you come in and start, you know, answering the emails as they're coming in and like 3 hours later you're still just battling the top of your inbox. Uh, I think that that is, is as big a culprit as stuff that seems more trivial, I mean, the things like reading headlines online, um, because we haven't actually sat and thought, well, what should I be directing my time to? So we're letting everything else determine where our time goes, and I, I think that that can be just as much wasted
1: time as anything else.
0: So one of the things that I uh, I'm really good at is I'm good at managing my time at work, but... I'm not as good at managing my time outside of work. So. He means when he's at
1: home <laughs> wanting to watch Netflix for hours. Exactly That's <laughs> what it really All is.
0: night long. <laughs> so like what what are some better or like what are some good tips or some helpful things that can help me better manage my time outside of work?
2: Well, I think it's interesting that you say that it's um You're better about your time management at work. And I think this is actually the case for a lot of people because we treat work with a certain level of seriousness, right? Because it's work. (laughs) Clearly, it must be important. So we think about well, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what deadlines do I have? Um, You know, if I have ambitions at this organization, what are they? Or what projects would I like to be on? And, you know, people waste plenty of time at work. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think we at least have certain intentions for the time and the issue is that a lot of us don't think that way about our personal time um, we don't necessarily think about well what are my goals and intentions for this time and I'm not saying that you need to schedule your personal life in every 15 minute increments like you know like your work calendar would be It's really more about saying well I maybe I'm home from like six o'clock to 10 o'clock most nights you know I get home from work and then I go to bed around 10. What what are my intentions for those four hours? Like we wouldn't have four hours at work where we're just like, yeah, whatever. Who knows? Maybe I'll do something. Maybe I won't. Um, but people feel that way all the time at home. So you know, just it doesn't have to be elaborate. But maybe it's just like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk with my spouse after dinner. That would be a fun thing to do. Or maybe it's I want to read a hundred pages in this book tonight. So that's probably going to take me two hours. So I should try to find that time in in the evening. Or maybe it's maybe it is tv but maybe it's something sort of intentional like oh we have a series we're really enjoying we're going to consciously watch two episodes of it and and really savor those episodes as opposed to you know just hitting the next episode again and again and again uh, all night you, long
1: you realize you have a problem when you've had to three times hit the when netflix asks you are you still watching and you've done this three times you know that you have an issue <laughs>
2: yeah, it can it can keep going for a long time and, and you know again if that's truly what you think is the best thing for you to be doing at that moment, uh, you know, okay, go for it. Um, I don't, I don't think it's wasting time to be having fun. Um, but I think often, you know, people have other things they would like to do in life as well. And so we want to make sure that those things have enough space too.
0: Mm -hmm. I think you said something really interesting that I think some people I think might disagree with is that sometimes they believe that fun is a waste of time. Why, why isn't it a waste of time though?
2: Well, I think that we want to be spending our time on things that are meaningful or enjoyable for us or the people we care about. Just because something's fun doesn't mean it's a waste of time. I mean, there's plenty of things that are awesome that's fun, like, um, you know, really investing in relationships, for instance, like spending quality time with the people who are close to you. That's that's very fun. But, you know, I, I think it's also pretty meaningful, too, and I wouldn't call it a waste of time. Um, or maybe something like a creative project. Um, you know, if you have a hobby of painting and, and you actually devote time to that, you're, you're going to enjoy yourself. Like, that's a really awesome, fun thing to do. I, I also would not call that a waste of time. Um, I think there's, there's an interesting distinction between what I call effortful fun and effortless fun. Um, and the issue is always that because effortful fun takes work, that's things like throwing a dinner party or you know painting if you enjoy that or um, you know but anything that requires actual effort to pull off you'll enjoy it but it takes effort whereas other sorts of fun like watching Netflix are 100% effortless <laughs> and so it's always easier to do the effortless stuff than the effortful and so we just want to make sure that we have a good balance between the two instead of only choosing the effortless
0: yeah so another thing whenever i'm talking with people that i always and i'm guilty of saying it myself is that time just seems to be moving so fast right now. Are there any like practical ways that we can quote unquote, like slow time down?
2: Well, it's a good you asked us because yes, um, there are. And one thing you have to know about how the brain works is when your brain is sort of measuring a unit of time, it kind of is thinking about how much stuff it is taking in, like how many tracks of memory it is laying. And the more memory units you are creating, the more time there seems to be. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the average person's day, like what they're doing is almost exactly the same as what they did the previous day. And it's pretty much the same thing that they'll be doing the next day as well. Like there's absolutely no reason for your brain to remember that day. And so it doesn't, it's gone. And that's why time seems to start slipping through your fingers. Uh, So the way to counteract that is to actually ask yourself this question of like, well, why is today different from other days. Um and it doesn't have to be, you know, crazy. I mean, you're probably not flying to Japan today. Like that's, you know, probably not on offer. But it just it could be a little mini adventure. I mean, it could be that you grab some colleagues and try a new restaurant that you've been all talking about for a long time but haven't gone to. It could be um, that you surprise your spouse with movie tickets in the evening, you know, even though it's a Tuesday night. Like go out and do something a little bit crazy like that. Uh, So, you know, just something out of the ordinary will make the day memorable. And the more memories you have, the more time you feel like you have.
0: So another thing that I I tend to deal with a lot, especially, and I think other people do, especially with the workplace, is that you 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 have your calendar and you have all your things organized that you're going to get done that day. And then something happens and you get interrupted. And it feels like that happens. And sometimes it can be good interruptions, things that actually need to, you need to get interrupted for. What advice would you give to someone who, you know, they have their calendar planned out and they're trying to like maximize like their time and stuff like that and dealing with interruptions?
1: In other words, he doesn't like to be interrupted. <laughs> he doesn't like he, to be interrupted. Like, well, leave him alone.
2: <laughs> leave him alone. Well, there's lots of things you can, you can do about this. I mean, one is that you can actually build in open space to your calendar. Like, so don't block every minute because if you accept that stuff is going to come up, then you are okay with it because there's space to deal with it, right? And and so it's it's more the sense that I should be doing something else that makes people annoyed about things coming into their calendar that they, they can't... Um, sorry, <laughs> uh, so, Slight interruption here. Okay. Uh, the <laughs> other things you can do, um, you know, I, I always tell people to try and figure out, you know, what are the focus tasks you need to do, sort of the most intense ones that we really, really don't want to have interrupted. Do those first thing in the morning, um, you know, before the interruptions start building up. If necessary, go work somewhere else. Like if people keep coming into your office, like go work in a coffee shop or something, or, you know, just somewhere where there's not going to be that constant interruption. And that way, by the time you show up, at your office, you're cool with anyone coming in and and talking to you and interrupting you because you've already knocked out whatever it is that that you need to get done. Um, so, so I think all of those things can sort of help help with that sense. But I think making sure that you have a very short priority list for any given day. Like if you only have three things, like even if you do keep getting interrupted, you'll probably get those three things done. Mm-hmm. Now if you have 20 things, yeah, you're not going to get to them all. But you probably won't get to them all even if you are weren't ever interrupted. Like yeah. so, I mean, it's probably just too ambitious. Uh aim low and you'll always be happy.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. For for some folks, time management and self care when it comes to time is not as big of an issue. That's not me, by the way. <laughs> um but sometimes it, for them it takes just a few, like a few tweaks, and it's just something like Caleb. You know, he's a he's a crazy person when it comes to time management. But you recently wrote an article talking about tweaks that can be made. What are your favorite tweaks, and what are some what are some things that people overlook when it comes to changes in their time management routine? I like that article, by the way.
2: Oh, great! I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, I mean, one of my favorite tweaks, because um, it's just so simple, is to give yourself a bedtime. Um, and and this is great for the self-care aspect because I mean, going to bed early is how grown-ups sleep in. Uh, like, most people can't <laughs> oh like, actually sleep in yes. in the morning, but... You can go to bed early, right? And that accomplishes the exact same thing. Um, so, you know, giving yourself an assigned bedtime, like clearly, you can blow through it if you want. Like you are a grown up. Like there's nobody going to make you go to bed. But if you know what time you're aiming for, that at least forces you to acknowledge that you are blowing through it instead of just keep going because you know you're tired and it takes effort to go to bed. Um, so, giving yourself a bedtime is probably one of my one of my favorite uh, tweaks. Very small tweaks that will make life feel so much better.
1: So with, so what are some, other, I'm just I'm still on the whole going to bed early thing. And that's how up sleep in. Um So with that, my question is, is what, what are some things for people who maybe aren't as good at, at going to bed early and, and being able to stay on task? You talked about interruptions. I build interruptions into my day. How can we begin? How can we begin to get on track a little bit? I'm just curious. What's like, what's like an easy thing to start with that's a softball that I can just hit?
2: Um, well, I think the first thing to do is, um, I mean, you can always try setting like three intentions for a day and doing it before you start the day. All right. So let's right. say, you know, today, I don't know when this is airing, but let's say it's, it's a Thursday. Um, you sit there and say, okay, well, what three things would I like to get done on Friday? And when roughly do I think they can happen? All right. And then you check in at the end of Friday. Did I do those things? If so, great. Um, then you maybe say three things for the next day and so forth like this. Um so so then you know, you've got your uh, intentions and you get into the practice of, of setting intentions for your time and then holding yourself accountable for them. Um if you want to take it up a little bit not of a notch from there, um being a little bit more pro level, uh you can you oh, can try whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, if you, want, you know. Um, think through your weeks before you're in them. Um, so maybe take a little bit of time on Friday afternoon to actually think through the whole next week and think about, well, what would I like to accomplish? Um, not just professionally, but also what would be my, my personal goals for the next week? What might I want to see happen in my relationships next week? Um, not elaborate, again, just a couple things. Um, but if you think about what those things are and where they can go, uh, you will
1: really start making progress on, on your top priorities. What are, so how so with feedback with that how do you how do you do that and so like how do you hold you you talk about holding yourself accountable to it how do you do that and like how do you provide yourself with feedback for that for how you can do better
2: well i think you just make sure that the list exists somewhere that you will then look at the next day and then it's it's pretty much a straightforward thing there are three things here did i do those three things if yes awesome Um, if no, why not? Like, did I do one or two? Okay. That's, that's better than zero. Um, why, you know, what made those two things happen and not the third thing? Let me think about that. Um, if none of them happened, um, then you can sort of think about, well, you know, was, was there something completely out of the ordinary that kept that from happening? If so, you know, let me understand what that situation was. Um, Was it just that I kept getting derailed? Was it that I need to make sure they get done earlier in the day? Mm. Um, Is it that I ran out of energy? Is it that um, they were impractical? Um, That's always an option too. I mean, if you assign yourself to like write a novel for the next day and it didn't happen, like that's not really that you have a problem with accountability. It's that you have a problem setting goals. (laughs) Um, And so you need to make sure that they are are reasonable as well.
1: Do you have any any tips for how to evaluate lists and things like that? Like do you have anything that you've you've that you tell people whenever they're they're trying to plan out their days or when they're trying to do that of how they can effectively evaluate is this reasonable or not?
2: Um, well I think a good question is to ask yourself how long you think it will take. Um, because there is only so much time and so if you are assigning yourself you know 12 hours of activities into a block of four hours like the fact that it doesn't get done is, is not a statement on your discipline or your achievement level it's that it was never possible in the first place um, and, and setting that as a goal was, was not a great idea um, so, so sort of just making an estimate um, and estimates are like anything else it's a skill we get better over time uh, and, and so that's why you sort of keep repeating this project so look at your list of three things for the next day say okay each of these things. How long do I think it takes? Sometimes they're really quick, like, you know, send a quick email to somebody you've been meaning to reach out to, like, that's five minutes. Um, so that probably can go wherever, as long as you make sure that there is a time that you're going to check, have I done it yet? Um, maybe it's something longer, like maybe it's a full 90 minute block of concentration you're going to require. And then you have to be a little bit more careful about where you schedule that in.
1: So one of your things that you're really well known for is the, a TED talk that you did about two years ago, talking about free time. And one of the things that I hear, um, one of the things that I hear often are people who said, you know, I don't have any free time. Like I'm busy, like for 27 hours every day and I have no free time. Um, and and so what what I'm curious about, um, people who think that they don't have any free time, where are they losing that time and how can they begin to take it back? I mean, I don't know if you have anything. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've never met anyone who has like zero (laughs) free time. Right. Um, and what, what people mean when they say none is not as much as I want. Um, but, but not as much as I want is a, is a very different story than none. Because um, like none, what can you even do with that? But n- not as much as I want is, is a good starting point. Because then you say, okay, well, why don't I have as much as I want? And could I scale that up over time? Or could I at least make good choices within the time I have so it feels more rich and full than, than what I'm currently doing with it? Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people have some quantity of time, um, before they go to bed in the evening. Uh, so, you know, even people who have young kids, for instance, the kids go down at some point, let's say they go down at eight o'clock. Um, you're not going to bed until 10 o'clock, All right. What happens in those two hours? Well, for most people, that's kind of the TV watching time, uh, and, or the, you know, web surfing time. And, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's just that you might not wish to have the bulk of your leisure time be devoted to those things. So maybe, you know, two nights a week, you decide, well, I'm not going to turn the TV on. Instead, I'm going to use that block of time to read, or I'm going to use that block of time to um, do my crafting hobby, or I'm going to, you know, consciously say I'm going to, you know, my spouse and I are going to have an in-house in-home date night, you know, like we don't have a sitter, but we're going to go sit and, you know, enjoy dessert together and actually chat with each other and, and use one night a week that time we have uh, for that. And so I think that's one place um, that, that people often lose. Um, you know, weekends are another interesting uh, thing. What, what often happens is people don't think about what they wish to do on the weekend. And so eventually they decide, uh, you know, something they're going to do with their leisure time on the weekend. But a lot of time could have passed up until that point where they actually. Get going on whatever that thing is, um, and that's just the way to avoid that. Is to think a couple days ahead of time. Well, well, what would I like to do this weekend? What would be fun for me? And that way you can get started on that earlier, as opposed to you know wasting half of Saturday trying to figure it out.
0: So another key to time management is learning how to say no, <laughs> because Ugh. obviously you can't do you can't do everything that that um, you want to do, or sometimes the stuff that's other people expect of you. So what are some good Tips or some good ways to learn how to say no better?
2: Well, I think one thing, probably the best advice I've ever heard on this, is that um, when you're asked to do something in the future, um, it's really hard to say no to people. And we're more likely to say yes the further it is in the future because it feels like it'll never be that time, right? Like it's never going to be November. Like I won't ever have to deal with this issue. Like I, I, you know, I'm saying yes to it, but it's like this theoretical me in the future that will deal with the actual logistics of making it happen. But the honest truth is it will be November eventually. Like I can promise you it will happen. And, And so a better question to ask yourself when you are asked to do something in the future is would I do this tomorrow? Um, because that actually brings it home to you of like, Oh, I'm picturing my current self doing whatever this thing is. Am I really upset about that idea? Like it's easier to be like, no way for something that would be happening tomorrow. Um, whereas it's hard to say no way for something that's far in the future. Cause it just all seems theoretical at this point. So yeah, ask yourself if you'd be willing to do it tomorrow. And if you would, like, if you'd be excited about doing it tomorrow, then Sure. Say yes. Um, but, you know, if the answer is absolutely not, then, then that can help you say no in the future as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So another thing is, and just with kind of how I'm wired, I'm always looking to um, save as much time as possible or maximize my time. So what what are some areas that you see that people tend to be wasting time in or where are some areas that people can save more time or redeem more time? Well, the first thing is being sort of very conscious
2: of your phone checks. Um, when I did this time diary project for for off the clock, I had people, um, you know, report how they felt about their time, and I could also compare their schedules. I found that people who felt most relaxed about time checked their phones about half as frequently as the people who felt most stressed about their time. And these are all people with full time jobs, so it's not like some people, you know, weren't working or something and that's why they felt relaxed. Like these are all people with full time jobs. It's just that we have potential downtime or, you know, productive time for other things, but we chop it up by, you know, you pick up the phone, like look and see what's on there. And, you know, there's rarely anything that exciting in it. Like you are just deleting emails in those little bits of time. Um, So just don't, look at it <laughs> you know maybe try to train yourself to check it like once an hour like it's hard to believe that anything comes in that needs your input like more than that one once an hour so just put the phone in airplane mode for a while and uh see if you know you start to feel like you actually have more time because you're not chopping up these bits of time that exist
1: that's that's going to be hard for me <laughs> that's just rough um um <laughs> One of the things, one of the concepts that you write about in your book is becoming good at suffering, which sounded scary when I saw that. Uh, First, what do you mean by that, and how can someone become good at it?
2: Well, so the thing is, I mean, if you think about how we spend our time, um, there are certain parts of our life where we are just counting minutes. Hmm. Um, You're counting minutes wishing them to go faster. And – this can be a really hard thing sort of philosophically to think about because you know time in the grand sense is limited. And yet here you are wishing this thing to go faster, wishing this time away. And, and some stuff is pretty bad. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie about that. I, I profiled some people who went through some pretty tough stuff, uh, you know, cancer treatments and all that in, in the book. But there, there are a couple of things you can learn to do. I mean, one is to as much as possible sort of figure out what the time boundary is. Is on it um, that if if it's a certain length of time, um, you can kind of pace yourself through it, right? That you know it's not forever, and when you tell yourself that, that can help a lot for for sort of talking yourself through anything. Um, the other thing though is you can start to look for little things that are actually cool, or you can change things in your you know in your setup that will um, help you enjoy the experience a little bit more. So you know I, was, I wrote something a few weeks ago about. Um, I was stuck in the Denver airport and I was pretty sure I was going to get stuck there with, uh, snow and my flights being delayed. I'd already had to deal with being on a different flight that I meant to be on, which is why I was in Denver because like nothing was going to the East coast. And I'd already spent, you know, 40 minutes on the phone with the airline. I mean, just, you know, good times. Right. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there in the Denver airport, just miserable. Um, you know, not that Denver's a bad place, but it was like nobody wants to be yeah. in the airport when they don't want to be there. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I'm sitting here wishing this time away, but like, why? I mean, you know, there's nothing inherently bad about sitting here. Like I've got, you know, stuff I can read. I can, you know, go look at the beautiful mountains out the window. Like it's actually not a bad airport from that perspective. I went and found like a little, um, you know, cocktail lounge thing that had a view out the window at the mountains. I had a glass of wine and a lovely flatbread pizza. And I started reading something that I was actually enjoying. And, you know, it's like by by consciously trying to change my situation a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm still in Denver and I don't want to be in Denver, but like I'm enjoying myself a lot more than I could have been otherwise.
1: One of the things that I often find happens is I get so busy that I have to start saying no to things that i probably shouldn't nor want to say no to and that one of the big ones is is relationships um particularly with your family if a person's married and has kids that that could be a thing as well how do you create space again in your schedule how do you begin to take back that time and and help to reprioritize those things to being having space again in in, in a schedule
2: well i think first thing you can do is actually treat them as priorities. Um, so I mentioned earlier the idea of planning your week on Friday afternoons, looking at your week ahead and setting priorities. And I think making a three category priority list like career, relationships and self is a great idea because you're not going to make a three category list and then leave one of those categories blank. Like people don't just do, I mean, it nudges you to put something in all three categories if you're going to make a three category list. Um, So if relationships is there, you'll start thinking, oh, well, what, what are my relationship priorities for the next week? Well, let me think of two things I could do that would be high impact, meaningful, um, important for me and the people I care about. And, you know, maybe it's uh, like a, a. consciously having a, a no phones dinner with somebody you care about. It could be that you um use your phone to call a friend who has been going through a really tough time. Uh so those are all things that could be relationship priorities for the week. But setting them as actual priorities makes them bigger in your mind, makes them more important um and and makes them seem on the level with with the career priorities that you're you're setting. And so I think that's one way to sort of force them
0: up to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure people, people are listening to this and maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're just feeling overwhelmed because it, just, it seems like such a big task. What If someone is just looking to get started, what advice would you give them about managing their time better? Well, the first
2: thing I would suggest people do if they want to spend their time better is, is try tracking it. Um ideally do a whole week, but if that seems overwhelming, just start with one day and then see if you can do a next day. Um maybe start on a Thursday, so you do a Thursday, Friday and Saturday, so you get kind of a picture of, of different days in your life, a couple weekdays and a weekend. Um but just uh see where the time really goes, because often when people are overwhelmed, they have no idea where the time is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think they should change something, but what either they don't know what they should change or what they think they should change may or may not be the actual issue. It's always good to know, you know, have good data. Like if we're going to make big decisions about life, let's make sure we're working from accurate data. So getting a good picture on where the time really goes, um, then you can make smart choices and celebrate what works and, and change what doesn't.
0: Yeah. So just as we're wrapping up, we always have a couple of questions that we love to ask people. And the first one is, what is one thing that you've started doing, either personally or professionally, that is helping you a lot right now?
2: So, I mean, one, one little thing that's actually been great for me is I put the Kindle app on my phone um, because then I have ebooks on it. And uh, if I'm tempted to pick up the phone and just look at social media or check email again, I'm like, well, or I could read a book. And if I've got a good book going, like I actually use those little bits of time to read. And, and you can get through a lot of literature when you use those little bits of time for reading. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you learn best?
2: Um, I I learn best when I want to learn it. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> the honest truth. Well, I, uh, that's a good answer. Well, you know, I mean, we're all... We all have our own internal motivations, and, and those are always going to be stronger than if if they're external. And and so when I'm really fascinated by a topic, I will dig into it a great deal. Um, and, and I love seeing this in my kids as well. Like when they're, you know, they have their projects sometimes for school, and they may or may not like it. But once um, my oldest kid got assigned to do these timelines at school, like I actually make a poster board of a person's life, you know, birth to death, different major milestones on it. And he loved this idea so much. I mean, between creating the pictures and the time aspect of it, he started doing them for all kinds of other figures. Like, he'd find historical figures he hadn't been assigned at all. Like, he was just doing it on his own. And uh, then he made up fictional characters and started doing their timelines. And it's just like, when you love something, when you are fascinated by it, you, you aren't counting the minutes you're devoted to it. You're, you're just spending any time you can and i think you know as adults we all want to find those things that we're fascinated by too it's great when it happens at work but if it can't happen at work find it in your personal life
1: yeah sure what if you could have everybody learn one thing every everyone learn one thing and it can be about time management or it can be about anything else um what would it be
2: well, I'll throw out one about time, which is that I really do believe that we have time for what is important to us. Um, we often walk around with this narrative that I'm so busy, I'm starved for time, I have no time for anything. Um, and, you know, maybe you are extremely busy. We, you probably are. But that story is not very helpful. What if you walk around with a story that I do have time for what's important to me? Um, it you might start seeing possibility. You might start seeing a five-minute chunk of time is like, oh, well, I like to read. I could read in this five-minute chunk instead of checking my email yet again. Um, Um, or you might say like, I, it's important to me to, um, chat with my family, to actually talk with my family. Well, instead of, um, you know, just puttering around the house, picking stuff up, I'll just let the mess be for a little bit and use this bit of time to really connect with a family member. Who's also here. Uh, so I think when we start to have that story in our head, that we do have time for what matters to us, we start to see space where we can do those things. Whereas if we walk around with the story that I'm so busy, well, then you don't see time at all.
0: Yeah. And then our final question is, what are you learning right now?
2: Well, right now I am, um, what am I learning about right now? I have been uh, learning about uh, parables. I'm actually writing, I I finished writing a business parable um, that's about time management uh, that will come out in 2019. Um, You know, I've written a lot of different versions of the time management advice, and this is going to be a fictional version of time management advice. So uh, it's been a very different sort of writing, but I've enjoyed it a great deal.
0: Awesome. Well, Laura, thanks so much for talking to us today. If people want to learn more from you or find the book, where's the best place for them to do that?
2: Well, you can come to my website, com, and off the clock's out May 29. It should be available anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Thanks so much for
0: joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me.
1: Caleb J. Mason. It was a great episode. Really practical. What's the takeaway you had?
0: I think the biggest takeaway that I had was whenever she talked about learning how to say no better. Oh, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> Which Todd never. My with lord, with um, it was it was just so funny. All pretty much all throughout the interview, Todd's like, "Man, I struggle with this. I struggle uh, with this." But the biggest thing that keeps, so bad. Honestly, it was so it was so practical, and it's one of those things. Once you said it, it was like, "Duh." But one of the things that can help you learn to say no is ask yourself, "Would I be willing to do this tomorrow?"
1: That was brilliant.
0: And if the answer is no, don't do it.
1: You know what's interesting, too, because it made me think about the podcast and how far out, like, we schedule these things pretty far out in advance, and it was just interesting because, oh, like, this is kind of crazy, but would I be willing to talk to that person tomorrow? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. So, I had takeaways, too. Thanks for asking, Caleb. I was
0: going to say, you probably had a bunch of takeaways. I had tons of takeaways, honestly. Like, I'm not sure we have enough time on this podcast uh, for all your takeaways. Hey,
1: listen, this podcast can go as long as I want it to go because I also control the editing. Thank you very much. Um, so one of the things, there's many, but one of the things that I found interesting was her, her idea that we 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 try to cram too much in a day and we should probably only have two or three main things that we want to accomplish. Now some folks might be out there going, That's crazy, Todd. Like we have eighteen things to get done today. Well maybe you just need to restructure your time a little bit better. Like maybe you need to stretch that junk out, redo some deadlines and figure out how to do that. So that's what I'm gonna do this weekend is I'm gonna figure out some deadlines. I'm gonna figure out what what can be pushed, what can be done, and I'm gonna try to structure things so that I'm focusing on two to three things each day during my work day, and and prioritizing them better. The other thing is the weekends. Um, That was was just strong. Uh, I've never really thought about the weekends other than, hey, guys, how many people can I see in a weekend? Like, I do that all the time. Caleb can attest to this. I do this constantly where I'm trying to see 18 people on a weekend. What? I don't know what the thing is with me today with the number 18. It's fine. Um, I just keep saying it over and over again. Um, so that was another takeaway, and then finally, and this is this is the one that I found to be um, uh, that that was that's hard that's hard for me is when she had had that line that going to bed early is a grown up's way of sleeping in. Um, I don't do that. Well,
0: did you, did you die a little bit on the inside?
1: A little bit. I don't want to become you when I grow up, Caleb. I nobody has time to go to bed at seven thirty. This this guy, I swear, he goes to bed at seven thirty. Because he wakes up at three thirty in the morning to go pray on the hill.
0: Kind only go to bed at seven thirty on the weekdays. Don't worry about it.
1: That's ridiculous. He doesn't really. I know what time he goes to bed, <laughs> but, but but still, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so that was that was hard for me because it's a discipline thing, and I think I sometimes just being who I am, I struggle with discipline like that because I want to just be able to. I'm a grown up. I can do whatever I do, I, I want. Well, yeah, it's going to affect you in the morning you ain't getting up, son, if you go to bed way late. That was my thing. I'm done.
0: Uh, well, if you enjoyed this episode, we have a great episode. We need
1: to get extra- somebody on to talk about, like, extroversion so that, like, you have one of these episodes where, like, everything is just wrong.
0: I think that was the Sus- Suzanne Stabile episode. Well, you bed- know, Day. that
1: was just her telling you you're an inferior human, so that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah.
0: You can check out that
1: episode, <laughs> by the way. It was It was about a month or so ago.
0: Well, we have a great episode for you next week. Next week, we are talking with William Vander Blumen, and Todd absolutely loves this guy and loves going on him.
1: He's a fascinating dude.
0: We're talking with him about several things. We're talking with him about his book, uh, Culture Wins, but also, we get him to talk about some stuff that he hasn't talked about.
1: Yeah, if we do. We
0: ask, so, some of you may be familiar with the Vander search group but they help place people yep. at different churches and organizations and stuff. And so we pick his brain on what are some of the do's and don'ts of a good interview and how can you best prepare for an interview and what should and should not do on interview. And there's some exclusive content there. Yeah. There and we so go. The best way to make sure you don't miss that next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use. I use Overcast. You might use Apple Podcast. I tried to play. use
1: Apple Podcast for a while. I went back to Overcast. I'm back on the bandwagon.
0: Okay. Thanks for the update.
1: You jerk! You jerk! Caleb needs to just go walk off now. You could use Stitcher too. It's on there. Caleb's incapacitated with laughing. Whatever
0: podcast app you listen to, just make sure that you subscribe. Just listen to, to, to our us podcast. To listen to the us. The best way that you could show your appreciation for us, or if you just like listening to us, or laughing. Because, because
1: our voices are so melodic.
0: Yes, you can leave a rating on Apple Podcast or leave a review. It will take literally less than two minutes. We've us. timed it. And three us, times. And let us know what you would like to see us cover on the podcast more, or things that we could be doing better.
1: I want to hear from you guys, because I'm
0: just curious
1: as to what it could be.
0: Or hit us up on Twitter, at Learners Podcast, at Todd Duke, at Caleb Mason, or on Instagram and let us know what you're reading, what you're learning, podcasts that you're listening to, audible books that you're listening to.
1: Music you're listening to.
0: Whatever stuff you are listening to, let us know. Do it. At Learners, at The Learners Corner. Get it right, son. Caleb J. Mason.
1: At Hicks and Ball Todd.
0: At Hicks and Ball Todd. Let us know. We would love to continue to learn from you as well. Thanks so much for listening today's, to today's episode of the podcast. My name is Caleb Mason.
1: My name is Todd Hickson And
0: until next time, keep learning and keep growing.
1: Deuces, y'all.